I'm not gonna worry about your level of concern. We talking about Twitter. Think of how stupid the average person is, and then realize half of them are stupider than that. It's the return of what Yin's talking about. The conversation about the Steelers social media conversation. I am your host, Kyle Kreis. Here, as always, back in studio with Greg Benevent. Hello. Welcome back after 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 a game, yes. we'll say. It <laughs> sounds like a wonderful way to put that. <laughs> it's been, uh, it's, it hasn't been the most exciting week, but if you've no. been listening to the Behind the Steel Curtain podcast network, you've been getting equipped with all the facts and stats mm-hmm. you need. It's your one-stop Steelers shop behind the steel curtain. Um, and coming up today on our show, uh, we've got an interview with Brian Soups Campbell. He was the Steeler fan who trolled not only just Cleveland in week one with his viral tweet, but he fooled the the worldwide leader, as we call it here in the industry. We'll get to that in a bit. But first, we've got to get to everything that ever all the doom and gloom oh. in Steelers Nation oh. has there ever been a worse time to be a Steelers fan? Uh, I think. <laughs> You know, I think the 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 precipice was set early. Mm-hmm. Did I use that word right? I, who I, cares? Close enough. Uh, you know, early before the, I think it was before even kickoff. You mm-hmm. might you might have seen it live at okay. the at the stadium. Okay, there was the 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 the, the tweet went viral of. Mm-hmm. The guy having to clean out his yes. pants in the Heinz room mm. bathroom, you know, too too much too much pregame leads to a uh, poopy in-game experience. Yeah, no, no, no. That was as tough a warm up as anyone had for the season. It. Um, I will say that as someone that was in those restrooms before that game and did check social media, I had a strong feeling of there, but for the grace of God, go I. <laughs> so it was not you having to clean out the, the doo doo. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> that man is much taller than me. If I'm judging from the viral tweet. <laughs> he was in a Bettis jersey, too. Yes, so yes, yes. And know. I went in Troy, so that's for those of you uh, that remember from last week. So That was maybe the best part about, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> about the Steelers game. Mm-hmm. And Steelers Nation is, you know, they're not letting anyone off the hook. Certainly. Let's start right off the bat with Tomlin's fourth and one. <laughs> Tomlin, he's living in his fears in fourth and one with the punt. Let's get to the tweets. Okay. It's uh, at Blitz videos. Mm. Legit. I'm tired of hearing the excuses from Tomlin on why they lose games. They're not supposed to lose. That's not tip. That's not specifically about the fourth down, but okay. you can, you, you can see where we're going from there. Mm-hmm. Let's go to at one sooner. Not mm-hmm. I've said this before. When will Steelers ownership hold Tomlin accountable? It's only been three. <laughs> You know, 15 non-losing seasons. Right. Uh, Well, it seems like they're holding him accountable for those non-losing seasons as they keep bringing him back. That's right. (laughs) Oh, that's a uh, right right off the start, right? Yeah, they're holding him accountable. He's winning games. Okay, here's the here's let's get to the heart of the matter. Okay. Still fuming. This is from at 
PGHPLS hmm. still fuming over Tomlin, literally punting the game away. Yeah. What what did you see on that fourth and one? Well, what I saw was a game that was already over before that fourth and one took place. I mean, this is like complaining about you were in a car accident and then being worried that the paint isn't quite as red as you'd hoped. The game was <laughs> over uh, by that moment. I mean, I can understand being upset about that fourth and one, but what? The flaws in the team and what happened at that point, I felt the game was decided. I felt it had been decided long before that. If I'm feeling that in the stadium, I'm not alone in doing that. It brings me back to the first tweet that you mentioned here in the fourth down fears. The person that said, "Uh, I'm tired of hearing the excuses from Tomlin about why they lose games. They're not supposed to lose. By the third quarter of that game, I was no longer convinced this is a game they're not supposed to lose. Okay. Okay. Wow. A lot of of hot takes. (laughs) So, So, uh, so you agree then with uh, you agree with at Nick Farnbar who said huh. punting on fourth and one is surrendering the no, game? No, 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 no. no. I, I thought it was keeping them in the game. I, I, I would think to to go for it at fourth and one at that point was to put that defense back on a field to the point where there was no chance of being back in the game. I mean, I, I can see the argument for going either way, but to point to this one reason as to why the, this one play after it felt the outcome had been decided wasn't surrendering. It was just at that point, it wasn't really determinant of the in- outcome. Okay. All right. See, because I saw it as okay. I saw that there was enough time to to win the game to get what you oh, want to okay. do done. I fi- wait. See, you're still the more optimist optimistic of us. I forget that sometimes. Right. That makes <laughs> sense. That makes sense. So we had you know eight. What was it? Eight and change left on the clock. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Down two. Down in, uh, two possessions. You down right. nine. You got to score mm-hmm. twice. Mm-hmm. And I thought at least we would have. Um, two possessions. I thought it, certainly you know, at eight minutes. Yeah, you did. Yeah. That's a viable. That's why I said I could see the argument for absolute kicking it away. And I didn't feel I wanted to beat up Tomlin for that because that made more sense to me versus, you know, if you don't get it, then you have surrendered the game. Then the game is over at that moment. Exactly. That's that's the good point. League. Let's uh, that's the good. If if you don't convert that fourth and one, <laughs> right. the game is over. Mm-hmm. You're, you're playing a game of, with only 50 minutes. You're, you're playing a 50 minute game and we're 60 minute men. So. Uh, I, you know, I agree with the punt on fourth and one because, and I don't see anyone talking about this online, but we did get the ball back in four right. plays. I sure it was two minutes off the clock and with not a lot of clock left, but we it did five plays later. They got a first down and then it was a three and out and we mm-hmm. got the ball back and then mm-hmm. we scored our field goal. Mm-hmm. We did everything that we had to do on that. So I'm looking at it as Tomlin made the perfect call on fourth and one. Mm-hmm. Let's get to let's get to this this tweet. Uh-oh. Colin Dunlap. Okay. It is entirely inexcusable. Mike Tomlin doesn't consult with a QB who has played here since 2004. Fourth and one, a very important moment to the game. Mm. Should Tomlin have called timeout and asked Ben what he wanted to do? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I still kind of, I, I do like Colin. I think he's a good guy. I, I literally do check his takes each day and I tend to agree with him for the most part. But I don't know if this comes under the heading of necessarily entirely inexcusable. I mean, Tomlin's been there the entire day. Roethlisberger is still his employee. We don't know how much, what was actually going on in those moments. Maybe that injury was already starting to affect Ben quite a bit. It's not like the offense had been doing a whole lot to that point. So I could see, I mean, is Ben ever going to say, no, don't go for it? You kind of know what his take is going to be on 
on at any given time. What would the situation had to have been for Ben to say no? If you're telling me it was fourth and ten <laughs> and they're down in the fourth, I bet he would have said let's go. Right, absolutely. And I that's mean, his job. That's what he's supposed to. If he's not, if he said if Ben says punt, that's weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Unless Ben is punting now. With Ben, <laughs> oh, those were some good days. If Ben would have pooched punt and we would have, if we would have downed it on the goal line, oh, Ben, it would have been. We wouldn't even. We wouldn't even get to the second part of the show. That's what Tomlin put in the pooch punt. Here's the bottom line on this fourth and one mm-hmm. uh, from at Big Arashad. Okay. After this loss, we don't live in our fears is officially BS. Is that true or false? <laughs> I, I never took we don't live in our fears to be synonymous with we're going to take every single risk we possibly can. <laughs> That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Living in your fears doesn't mean living on the edge. <laughs> You know, uh, I think I think I think Mike Prosciutto mm-hmm. actually got it right. Someone I always like reading when he said, uh, "Oh, you wanted Tomlin to go on fourth and one. What should they have done? Run? Eh. Seven? <laughs> you know, they practiced seven shots ad nauseum since July, and they still don't have a goal line staple. So uh, mm-hmm. I think he's straight on point there. Like mm-hmm. we're on the thirty-five <laughs> of our own, and you know, and we're gonna go for it on fourth. <laughs> That's not living in your fears. That's I mean." That's, you know, that's some like cat like courage, feline strength, moxie. So, no, the era of living in our fears is not it's not BS. In fact, Tomlin was living in his brains. Fourth and one on the 35, two possessions left. We did everything we had to do except stop Derek Carr, who, right. who was looking like, uh, I don't know. I don't think we've ever seen a quarterback look that good. Oh, man. I, I think the last time I saw a quarterback look that good in that stadium, it was Jameis Winston against Pitt when it was uh, Florida State, that uh, that first ACC game. But that, no, I mean, he looked fantastic. And, he, and, and what's worse is he seemed to even look better as the game went on. There you go. There you go. And I think if you listen to the Stats Geek podcast on BTSC, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll find out that Ben is actually... Uh, only a two game sample is actually getting better. So mm-hmm. uh, say let's 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 get to Ben. Let's talk to Ben. Okay. Fire Ben was the big theme <laughs> on Twitter. Here's mm-hmm. this. This was at Rob Wynn. Mm-hmm. The first call for a Ben benching time okay. for a change. Seven points through three quarters is shameful. And he posted a picture of Mace. See, I like that, that the guy at least was willing to back it up with a picture of Mason. It's not like quarterback to be named later. It's not like some <laughs> dream quarterback, you know. Uh, no, no, no. It's not to replace him with Ben from 2008. It's rather like, OK, he's willing to put up here's Mason. Here's what would be coming if you do bench Ben. Good for someone at least acknowledging that. So it only it only took the third quarter of week two <laughs> for someone to call for a Ben benching. All right. And I know Stephen A. Smith wants Cam out there. Are we going to call Cam man, up? Stephen A. Smith is a man that knows how to get himself talked about. <laughs> that is a guy who can do it professionally. Well, here's another one who we're talking about at Evan Ostro. Okay. Big Ben is beyond washed. <laughs> beyond washed. Is this the worst quarterback ever? In the NFL, or is he the worst quarterback in the history of the NFL? I don't know. I mean, it seems like either of those are certainly a viable option for how you define beyond washed. Um, I, I do want to say it is painful watching Ben behind that offensive line. I mean, it's it's you know it's it as young players there is this feeling like okay they'll do something very good and then they'll do something very bad and if they all don't do something very good at the same time then you see Ben get hit by it and that 
frankly sounds like a better definition of beyond washed than uh, a summation of someone's career. <laughs> yeah, he's beyond washed because he's getting knocked down. He's got grass stains all over the jersey. Pick him up, somebody. Where's Mark Bruner when we need him? Pick him up. Mm-hmm. All right, th- this is from, uh, let's see, we've got at data-driven MD. No. So data-driven, this is going to be more analytical, more statistical. Certainly. Uh, it's classic Ben face palm emoji. That's well, it. Wow. See, that that's why you got to go to several years of schooling to get your doctor. Yeah. Way to get your MD <laughs> for that one. Data driven. Uh, classic Ben. We saw classic Ben last week in week one. Fourth quarter comebacks. That's classic Ben. We did. did we, we saw a little Ben being Ben in week I, two. I think we, we saw a little bit of, of Ben being Ben, but I think what you saw was this kind of modified of Ben being Ben is that like, man, watching that game. I mean, again, you know, as has been mentioned so many times, the Raiders had 10 quarterback hits and two sacks. By you, you saw classic Ben today in that they didn't have 10 sacks. Yeah, yeah. I was looking. I was reading over some of the... Uh, B.A. years, and he was getting sacked. Oh, like he would get abs- right. He would get annihilated fifty times a year. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't even remember it being that vicious. Oh, I remember it being that vicious because that's why they always did that, like very Godfather-like firing of B.A. when he was away on vacation. <laughs> they sent him home. Like it's, be- but because of that, but because B.A. You know, it's the offense would be you know marvelous, and you know these big deep throws, and Ben would get sacked four times a game in a good game, like in a nice comfortable win. You know, so. Yeah, I think he's getting sacked handing off the ball last week. Was, was that is that possible? Well, I, think, I mean, it was. If it wasn't possible, that it was something that almost happened. Here now, this now this is beyond the pale. Let's go. Okay. Let's go to at Voodoo thirty three eighty five. I think the Steelers should dress Dobbs sometimes because wow. he can run. But what do I know? That's right, Cat. What do you know? Uh, that was uh dum 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 dum. Dom, listen to Darth. Dom, Dobbs is on the bench for a reason. Uh, what, Cat, what, what do I know? Well, I was just going to say that Cat may have been that person in the men's room before the Steelers began <laughs> with that level of quality thinking. Hey, if this O-line keeps up what it's been doing, uh, Dobbs is going to get a helmet yes, one of these weeks. Absolutely. So. I mean, and, that, and that's, you know, and I think that that's sort of what the subtext of all this fire Ben stuff is. When we're complaining about Ben, it's not necessarily that they're complaining about Ben. They're complaining that this offensive line can't let him get the most out of what's left of his career. Well, you're you're being very generous because okay. the fans I'm seeing okay. are, are, uh, are, are anti-Ben. Oh, OK. You know, well, that, that, they're... <laughs> They want to. They want to. I'm change. trying to find the anxiety beneath this. Whereas you're just like, no, these people are being jerks, and we're probably both right. Like they're being jerks. These things are they saying, and they're just spewing out hate. And I'm like, well, it's backed up by something. But we're both correct about this. You know, the people. I think some of these fans in Steeler Nation want to change uh, Big Ben's name to uh, Equitable. What what, what what was the Big Ben Rice? Did they change the name? Oh, uh, I forget. I still get the microwave stuff from time to time. I don't even remember now. <laughs> well, Steelers Nation, you'll get your wish, and and when Ben gets hurt, and then you'll 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 miss him. You'll miss him much. You'll be like Janet Jackson, miss you much. All right. <laughs> Can you imagine what the Mason tweets are going to be like when he gets in there? If he gets in there on this thing, it's oh going to be unbelievable. And he's gonna. We what we know about the Steelers mm-hmm. is that. All 52 hats are needed throughout the season mm-hmm. and pl- and more. You know, we're already signing taco up off the street. Right. Like helmets are, 
going to be needed. So mm-hmm. Mace is going to get in there at some point. We don't know when. We don't know how. But we know when he gets in there, the hate will come. Oh, it will flow from the tweets. Oh, and we've got we've got lots of hate to go. But we've got to we've got to take a quick commercial break. Uh, we've got to get to everything from to from Canada to uh, Colbert to mm. uh, even Renegade, even oh, Renegade wow. haters. We'll, we'll get to it all. Haters. We'll get to it all. But let's uh, let's take a quick commercial and pay some of our bills. We will be right back on what Jen's talking about. Welcome back. All right. We left off with uh, all the Ben hate, but, okay. you know, we're not done yet because <laughs> Ben and Tomlin weren't the only ones. It only took to week two, but we're finally getting the Matt Canada haters. <laughs> Here they come. Uh, where Let's get let's get, geez, okay. let's get to these tweets. All uh-huh. right. What do we got here? Okay. Uh, at McCroy1956, mm. why is it so difficult to get an OC with fresh ideas? I thought Canada was the fresh idea guy. <laughs> well, the ideas look fresh when they work. The, the run to Juju for the touchdown, that looked awfully fresh. It doesn't look so fresh when your fresh idea gets tackled three yards behind the line of scrimmage. <laughs> uh, and along that point here, we've got at you're under arrest. Oh, third okay. and ten. And you're throwing another bomb. As I've said, offense hasn't changed one frickin bit. Uh, again, the same thing. It, 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 it's not like the idea of throwing deep is something that all of a sudden is a bad idea. I mean, I, I, I've come around to over the years the idea that, hey, if a receiver does get two hands on the ball, they probably should have caught it. it uh, despite, you know, the Raiders did have some excellent coverage throughout that game. It, uh, yeah, it, 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 I, I keep coming back to, I don't know if it's that, I, I, it's hard, so hard for me not to blame all of this on the offensive line. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to find ways not to do that. And I'm sure there are different, better other calls that Canada could have made, but I, I'm still not sure which play it is that Canada calls where, you know, it makes Dan Moore Jr. be three years into this league. Well, that you need a DeLorean. <laughs> This is from at JW Marinara. Okay. I'm not sure Matt Canada has fixed much of anything. The offense still feels like a high-end race car being driven like an 18-wheeler. Mm. I don't uh, I don't know about the analogy, but yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, can, was Canada supposed to fix things, or was he supposed to? I mean, he's he's been working with Ben for years already. Right. Was he supposed to fix and change things dramatically? I, I thought it was just more to augment what was already there, like to take like, hey, here's the things that Ben likes to do and the rest of them like to do. And we'll put this kind of uh, new, fresher, you know, motion kind of stuff on top of that. But again, I think it all gets kind of swallowed up literally by the eight guys in the box that the other team has, which are crashing through the offensive line. And, you know, I'll bring up I was uh, listening to Pat Matt. McAfee and he had Todd Haley okay. and Haley was talking about doing the same things that we did under Feekner, the same things we're doing now under Canada. You know, it's going to be quick screen passes to the wideouts mm-hmm. to keep Ben healthy and mm-hmm. to get the ball into the hands of your playmakers. This is nothing new. And for all, everyone who said fire Haley, fire Feekner. <laughs> and we're and now I guess we're starting to see the uh, the fire Canada. Here is this is at 
Pittsburgh sport. Oh, Steelers takeaways. Actually, one of my favorite follows, but oh. they're, getting, they're, they're delving into the opinion realm lately. <laughs> These are the greatest mysteries of all of our time. UFOs, pyramids, Bermuda Triangle, Jimmy Hoffa, why Derek Watt gets no snaps on the offense. <laughs> I mean, I I must say I have wondered a couple times if it wouldn't hurt to have one more guy blocking for Najee on those runs. Uh, I, I mean, I'd be curious to see it, but like, it's very hard for me to look at a game where the Steelers lost by two scores and thought, ah, this could have been solved by having the fullback play a few more snaps on offense. You know, what was the what was he going to do? Like block every person that <laughs> our line couldn't, right. you know, I mean, no, you know, I, you know, no offense to Derek, but he's smaller than our rookie O-line. <laughs> so uh, if they're not able to block someone, I don't know if Derek Watt is all of a sudden going to open up holes. <laughs> when was the last time that we ran uh, a lot of fullback? I, you know, it's got to go all the way back to Jeez. A, a, a decade. I mean, it, it, it also feels like the kind of thing. I mean, as much as we said, like, hey, in the earlier segment that, you know, maybe Tomlin shouldn't consult with Roslisberger about this. I imagine if Ben wanted there to be more fullback, there probably would be more fullback. If the defense couldn't predict, you know, when you put Derek Watt out there, Mm -hmm. uh, he's not running, you know, fade routes to the end zone. (laughs) So you're kind of giving up your hand right there. It's like when you put Ebron in there, you know, you're not running it in his direction. You can't exactly. He's going to throw this lead block. Oh, yeah. uh, You telegraphing uh, things, you know, mm -hmm. just like uh, when I'm when I'm playing Madden, uh, I only use a fullback on the goal line package. So I don't know. Am I? And even then the computer might know. I mean, you don't know. I mean, if it's playing to pursue percentages off the thing i mean i would be curious to, I, I mean the the idea has occurred to me hey maybe get what a few more snaps out there but i can't look at that and be like whoa this this is really what's holding the team back yeah i, I just don't see what's going to happen we have athletes like uh claypool johnson ebron <laughs> fryermuth <laughs> washington who's getting 12 snaps right. you've got these these athletes out there and mm-hmm. you're going to take one of them off the field so mm-hmm. that you can put in a, basically a giant headlight to say this is the direction we're going to run it when you with a fullback. I don't know. I'm not a fullback hater, but when you got weapons like this, I don't know. Let's mm-hmm. let's let's move on because there's so much hate to blame uh, <laughs> after a loss. Yes. You know, and, mm-hmm. and, and I never thought this day would come because we were just putting them. We were putting the yellow jacket on them just a month ago. We were sizing them a, up. Not even a month. Not yeah. even a month. I'm talking about Kevin Colbert. <laughs> Here's the tweet at stats guy. Daniel. OK. Daniel Valente. The Steelers have a 39 year old quarterback and this is the O line they gave him. Just awful. <laughs> let's keep moving off that. We've got. At Steel Dad, hindsight, as they say, would drafting an offensive tackle in the first made this line better. <laughs> Colbert and Tomlin gambled on chucks, but he's far from the only issue up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what? The problem is we don't have the right rookies on our mm-hmm. offensive line. Uh, that, that's the only thing I can figure. It, it Again, it's woof. It, it's really hard for me to think that if we just got two offensive. So but again, this is the trade off. So you're looking at like, OK, we get these two offensive line in this parallel dimension. Let's go with this. we got two offensive linemen and presumably they're not making any mistakes and they're opening big holes for 
Benny Snell Jr.'s 25, 30 <laughs> carries a game. Uh, uh, Kellen Balage, I guess. I don't know. Are we uh, uh, Devonta Freeman is running through these lines? I mean, I'm, I'm not sure what's happening in this particular parallel dimension. Maybe the sky's purple. I'm not sure. Oh, that'd be but, pretty. Yeah, it would. But I, 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 I'm, I'm bumping against the I mean, would it have been nicer to have a better offensive line? Sure. I'm just not, I mean, this is one of those things where I tend to think they really did draft by the value and they valued Najee and Fryermuth. And I think the second one's maybe a little bit more of a question than the first than any of the offensive linemen that were around at that time. I mean, you can't complain about, oh, they're reaching for picks for need if they really are leaning on that value idea. Let's get to the, the next tweet. Uh, at Brandon the David. Mm. You know, remember, we had the opportunity to draft both Tevin Jenkins and Creed Humphrey. Mm. So that would have meant, yeah, like you said, Benny Snell and uh, Ebron and Zach Gentry, uh, I guess, are our, are our big, uh, you know, weapons on the uh, on the line there. And again, it's very, very easy to imagine this parallel dimension. You and I are sitting here and talking about like they only got, you know, again, we're talking the same thing, but they have 30 yards running. And, you know, Ben, instead of taking 10 hits, took six and they still <laughs> lost because, you know, uh, they were unable to move at all whatsoever in the red zone. Like. It um it it's always yes after every loss all of a sudden the draft picks you just got are garbage and you know uh, you want to go fish again. All right, moving on. Lots lots to you know maybe it wasn't Tomlin, maybe it wasn't Ben, okay. maybe it wasn't Colbert, okay, maybe it wasn't this O line. Sure, you know, uh, could it have been Renegade? Oh, the band from the seventies, absolutely. Sticks. Yeah, here's Thanks. here's Mark Cabali, another guy I like. Lost in all this. Uh, Renegade was a big failure once again. <laughs> keep, and keep, keeping on that, we've got Dave Demshek. Another guy I like. Should have dumped it when Matt Barkley mocked it before the Bills game-winning drive two years ago. <laughs> now it's long past time. Uh, Heinz Field should move on to Iron Man. Ugh. What was the... You were in the stadium. Yes. What was... The Renegade did seem to not be the, the mood boost. Well, no, it wasn't the mood boost because, again, the whole thing of Renegade isn't that it fires up the fans. It's who comes on, who is on the field and Renegade is being played, which this time, and I even looked at there, we had we had uh, Isaiah Loudermilk. We had uh, 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 Jameer Jones, who, again, is a wonderful story. And I'm glad someone that, again, had the same day job as me working for a digital marketing company. But I shouldn't be out there during Renegade either. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's like, OK, so the... Again, this the, the the song is is for the fans. I mean, if you find a better one that works, they did play Iron Man during the game, by the way, okay, and they played it in okay. reference to Ben, oh. which makes a lot more sense. So it's not so absolutely. You get another song from the seventies that absolutely no one on the field has any connection to whatsoever, <laughs> except for possibly Ben. We're not going to get Donnie Iris uh, during the. <laughs> He's absolutely sung the sung the anthem. Although I will say the anthem this time was sung by the guy who uh, sings for the Clarks. So we. Oh. Did manage oh. to get in some old timey Pittsburgh music there. After all, you bring up a good point regarding Renegade. Mm-hmm. You know the players. You got to have the people on the field. I know that next man up has always been our credo, but you can't. You not what you can't have next team up. Right, we, you several know. men up later. That's not good. Yeah, that's that's not exactly the same thing. It's 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 yes. There's a difference between Larry Foot egging on the crowd and Jameer Jones trying to figure out exactly where to stand. Can you imagine trying to come up with that Super Bowl song? With the lineup we had out there, it would be like, uh, uh, you know, we got Hayward, Robert Spillane, Sutton, Mika, and another corner. Louder, Mill. Louder, So, you know, it just, it's not a good song. So, 
All right, let's get to the doom and gloom, just overall doom Good. and gloom. Absolutely. Uh, this, you know, for, for week two, keep in mind, week two. Week two. The tweet from. After a win, week two. After a big week, win two. Right. At Mendy Weinstein. Okay. I eat, this game's over, season's over. Wow. And this was the kind person that sent the tweet to us specifically, right? And points oh, of mentioning it. Oh, yeah. He I, tagged us to let see, us know. I think that's a great idea. And I recommend that to those of you out there. If you're going to say something hateful about the team, say it to us. We can be your Steelers therapist. You can always say it to us. You don't have to say it to your friends, your family. You don't have to bring down your workplace. You can say it to us. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll mention it here. It, um, I mean, it's it's in the moment as a fan, it's hard not to think those things when something go bad, something goes badly. But that's why you're a fan. That's your it's perfectly valid to have these feelings and to say them to us. It's just at some point it would be nice after a few days to look at it objectively and be like, oh, oh, I was definitely emotionally caught up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, talk about emotionally caught up. How about at Tomlin underscore sense? Obviously, we weren't going to win them all this year, such as life in the NFL. Mm -hmm. But with a 17 game season, Mm. will Mike Tomlin have his first losing season? Uh, I mean, it's 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 just. I didn't get any better at looking into the future after week two than I did after week one. I'm not sure about you or Mr. or Mrs. Tomlin's sons, but uh, yeah, it's entirely possible Mike Tomlin has his first losing season. It's very difficult for me to guarantee that's going to happen after a uh, tough loss with a lot of injuries to what looked like a pretty good team. I mean, I think as long as Ben is upright, I don't think we'll have a losing season. But we don't make predictions on this show, right. okay? Predictions you know, lead to hate. The only, well, <laughs> although if you're going to make any prediction, mm-hmm. it's that Mike Tomlin won't have a losing season because <laughs> it's never ever happened. <laughs> Who's coaching this ball club? Mike T. That's tell him, Bryant. <laughs> that is such a good clip. All right, this is the the so-called fan ninety-seven point or ninety-three point seven. The so-called <laughs> fan. It's already time to start panicking about Big Ben and the Steelers' hapless offense. <laughs> I do like the actual fan Twitter account because they just put out these hot takes that aren't signed by anyone's name. It's just like, here's the editorial sense of hot takes so that the rest of you can simply stew in it. I mean, it's it's I I, I struggle with the word panic. Yeah, I could be concerned, but to be panicked, to put all your furniture out on your lawn, just run around in circles. It's time to panic about the offense. I bump against that. Oh, and two could be panic territory but not right. not even it's a long season mm-hmm. but one and one uh just to remind everyone we're currently the second seed <laughs> in the AFC yeah yeah at one and one we're the second seed that means there's an undefeated team out there who's a wild card so you know if the season ended today we would be having that home playoff game okay so uh you know quit your, quit your crying out there and by the same token i'm not going to panic if they lose this next game i mean i'll be very unhappy and i'll be greatly concerned but i won't be at the panic level for that yet either no i won't panic suicidal maybe but right. well, that's, that's panic. different to panic panic's in the middle suicidal that's a whole other thing that is a different emotional context like i said we're your steelers therapist so. all right before we get to our final word we, let's get to this guest okay. Uh, Brian Soups Campbell. Here we mm. go. All right. Joining me now uh, on Zoom, I'll give him a formal introduction, uh, representing Wheeling, West Virginia. This guy is a first-team selection for the NCAA Division II academic all-district baseball team. He was a four-year starter for West Liberty University, where he earned a master's in business 
and now he owns the Browns on Twitter. I'm talking about at Brian Campbell one underscore Brian Soups Campbell. Welcome to the show. What's going on, man? Kyle, you did your research. That's pretty impressive. Good work. Yeah, some say research, some say stalking, but you know. <laughs> no, I'm uh, I'm a fan of what you do and in, in, in the whole podcast industry. So so very nice. Keep working hard. True Yinzers know that Wheeling is uh, Steelers country. Uh, tell me, when did you become a fan? I, I love that because we uh, we represent the Yinzers as much as they do 40 minutes north. So, uh, <laughs> you know, ever since I was little, I used to wake up on, on Sundays and, and go up and my grandma would make me French toast uh, three, four years old. And me and my pap would watch the Steelers. And my dad and I uh, went to some pretty big games. One of my favorite games I actually have ever been to was the Steelers were uh, – we're hosting the Chicago Bears in Pittsburgh. It was snowing so bad. Brian Urlacher was still playing. My dad used to always get us tickets. We're going to go back here soon. We haven't been in a couple of years, but we always used to sit at the 50-yard line at the very top. It was a thing we do every year. And uh, it was snowing so hard that it literally looked like the snow was coming out of the bleachers. <laughs> and uh, that play where uh, Jerome Bettis ran over Brian Urlacher, I was at that game. It, the, there's a picture of it. It's so cool, man. I, I can still remember it like it was yesterday. It was awesome. What a moment. What a game to be at. Yeah, that's iconic. Now, you went viral uh, in week one with the meme that trolled the Browns. For those who didn't see it, uh, the, the quick gist, you can't explain a meme, I guess, but <laughs> the quick gist is, you know, the, the Browns block you after you ask for a jersey for Owen, and they reply, Owen who? And you say, Owen one, super own. Uh, now, did you feel that that was an epic tweet in that moment? You know, no one, no one will believe this besides my two parents who I, I was in their kitchen and you know, the joke started because, um, shout out to all my, all my best friends from Ohio that I was teammates with. Um, but my buddy, Chad Mathis, um, he'll like the, he'll like the shout out Earl. <laughs> he's, he's from Canton, Ohio. And, and we mess with him all the time about sports. He's, he's Cleveland, everything Browns, um, Indians, and I'm Pittsburgh, everything. And I was going to text him and do the joke to him. And I was sitting in my kitchen and I was like, you know what? No, I think I can do something funnier. So I just Googled some ways to make that. And obviously the, the picture was made up, but, but yeah, I made it. And I looked at my mom and my dad and I said, you know what? This is going to be hilarious. And, and then it just blew up. It, it went viral and I started getting emails from all these big companies and ESPN got a hold of me. Bleacher Report got a hold of it. USA Today got a hold of it. It was hilarious, man. It was, it was a good time. Yeah, you know, it was awesome on game day, tons of fun. But then my, I got the alert on Monday from ESPN, you know, with the headline saying, you know, Steelers fan, troll, ultimate trolls, Browns. What, you know, at that moment, it seemed like you kind of got one over on ESPN as well. Yeah, they, uh, they did a really good job of reporting it. I, I think they do a good job often. They get scrutinized a lot for for uh, people going after them, but they cover what what's going on. And, and the tweet was what was happening and, and people were having a blast with it. And I'm happy ESPN got a hold of it because I kept telling all my friends and family this, that even though it was made up and it was a joke, I made a lot of people smile and, <laughs> and I made a lot of people happy. And, and I had Browns fans and Steelers fans laughing together and, and talking football on my tweet and on my Instagram. And, and I had people from all over the country laughing. And, and that's something that I'm, I'm really happy I could do. Now, you know the Ohio Valley pretty well. Uh, 
how far right now does Steelers country go? Because I'm, I'm here in L.A. now, but at one point, you know, Youngstown was Steelers country. Heck, even Columbus sometimes was uh, was Steelers country. What's the vibe right now where you're at the heart of it? You know, it's it's funny because I'd almost say it's it's split right in half. You could go knock on every door and and it's either Steelers or Browns. And and if not, there's other teams rooting for for if, if they come into Wheeling from New York or Florida, they're obviously rooting for their teams. But um, you know, uh, 95% of my friend group were all Steelers, all Steelers. I got <laughs> the new friends from Ohio that are rooting from the Browns. I got, um, a, a buddy that loves the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tyler Cooley. He, he came from, came from Tampa Bay. I played baseball with them. We're really good friends now. Um, but yeah, it's, it's split right in half and it's really cool to see the Valley rooting for the Steelers and, and uh, yeah, let's go Steelers, man. It's awesome. Let's do it now. When you're not being a Twitter hero, what do you do? in real life i'm really blessed i went to west liberty university um it's a it's a small school here in the northern panhandle of, of west liberty uh, i coached some baseball for younger kids um i actually i got the opportunity to get a really good job from west liberty university they hooked me up i'm selling medical equipment for a company right now so they uh they hooked me up really well education's great baseball program's great it's an it's a phenomenal university Awesome. Awesome. And uh, last question before we go, who are your all-time favorite Steelers? Oh my gosh. That, that's so tough to say, but Troy Palomalu, I grew up playing football. Um, I wanted to be just like him. I blitz, I tried to blitz like him when I started playing flag football <laughs> and I got, I got into tackle football and you can ask any of my best friends and teammates. Uh, the thing I was so good at is I could get behind any offensive line. I was great. I just couldn't tackle. <laughs> I, I, was just, I was such a below average tackler and, and it's funny to hear all my friends talk about it, but uh, yeah, Troy Palomalu, Jerome Bettis was unbelievable. I was a huge fan of Heinz Ward. I thought that guy was awesome. Um, James Harrison, you name it. And I'm excited for these young guys now to to keep playing and, and a whole new generation of Steeler football. So hopefully uh, we can keep this thing rolling. Well, you're keeping, yeah, like you said, you're keeping the smiles going on the fans' faces through social media, and we appreciate your work here on What's Ian's Talking About. Everyone should follow him on Twitter, at BrianCampbell1 underscore. Soups, thanks, thanks so much for your time today. Kyle, you're awesome. I appreciate it. All right, man, go Steelers. All right, Soups, that was very cool. Mm-hmm. Congrats on your viralness, and, you know, we're going to be following you all season. Keep Keep trolling those Browns. Uh, keep trolling ESPN as well. They oh, yeah. absolutely deserve it. All right. It's time for our final word. Let's uh, let's get a reality check okay. in here. I think it's uh, this comes from at column Dunlop again. Always like him. Yep. Eh, everyone <laughs> thought the Steelers would be one and one anyway. Right. Right. That was and we all would have taken that gladly in August. And one more final <laughs> reality check from at the Mike Doctor, James okay. Lawhorn Jr. A lot of doctors out yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. This was a solid butt whooping handed out today in Pittsburgh, us fans included. No mm-hmm. excuses. Injuries are part of the game. Lick your wounds, regroup, get ready for a division game with the Bengals. We're not eliminated yet, so just chill. I, I like the way uh, uh, the doctor of the mic said this to both the fan base as well as himself. I mean, I found myself <laughs> saying similar things after the game and f- frankly feeling also like I'd gotten butt whipped because I didn't put on enough suntan lotion before I sat in that uh, stadium. But- oh, it was a hot one 
Well, it's just that, and the sun was over our section for, you know, three of the quarter, then just, uh, and turns out suntan lotion only lasts for 90 minutes. Regardless, th- this is the correct take. This is, I don't know if we ever give out a winning take, but this is absolutely what it is. It's, we're not eliminated from anything yet. Yes, this sucks. Injuries are bad. Don't make, make an excuse. Go back. Don't panic, for God's sake. <laughs> and then get yourself together, and we'll hope for better on Sunday. I like that. James Lawhorn Jr., you're our, uh... You get the you get the tweet prize for that one. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get rolling. We got some more. We got a lot of steel, behind the steel curtain podcast to mm-hmm, listen to. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know you can always find us on Twitter. I'm at Kyle Kreiss. Uh, Greg, where can we find you? You can find me at Greg Benevent. That's a Twitter and Instagram, and it's G R E G B as in boy E N E V as in Victor E N T. All right, we'll be back next week when we're fresh off a Bengal butt whooping (laughs) and back on track to love our Super Bowl Steelers. (laughs) Until next week, keep listening to Behind the Steel Curtain, Mm -hmm. and we'll be back to tell you what Jen's talking about. (laughs) Oh, I forgot to play the theme music. Where are you at? Okay. This is always the thing at the end. All right, well, it's... All right. See you later. We need like a we need like a out phrase like uh, right, yeah. Yen's oh, out. I don't know. Yeah, that's terrible. Um, I was I was thinking be the standard. Oh, there you go. Live the standard. Like yeah, it's it's. Or how about just, just yeah? We're, we're not just chill. I don't know. I like this James guy. Just chill. 